Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Hi, welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. I'm Phyllis Amon, your host, here with Rubina Chaudhry, my co-host. And um, I'm back on the East Coast. I, I left you behind on the sunny, warm West Coast, Rubina. Well, yes, it was sunny when you left, but today we are having a very nice rainy day, and uh, we're, I'm enjoying it. Oh, well, I'm glad it didn't rain while I was there because it was nice to be on the West Coast and experience the warmth and the sunshine at this time of year, although it's 50 degrees in the New York area today. So uh, we're having like a touch of springtime in December. Wonderful. And for us, rain is always welcome. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, today's show is about uh, sadness and loneliness. Um, many people have experienced loss or in situations that make them feel less than joyful around holiday times. And there's so much pressure from family, from friends, society in general, even professional pressure uh, for them to experience joy or to put a smile on their face. And, and that can be really stressful. So we wanted to um, spend today's episode letting our listeners know or anyone who knows somebody in that situation that they're not alone and to talk about maybe some tips that they can take. And then we have an interesting guest who's a grieving counselor uh, that can address some of these issues. Great, great. Again, welcome to everybody. Uh, Phyllis, what are some of the ways that you experience loneliness? Because you and I are seniors as well, remember? Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We forget, don't we? Thanks so much for pointing that out to me. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, some of the ways that... um, Many people experience loneliness and then all, and sadness around the holidays. And I'll, I'll talk about mine as well. And then we could touch on some of yours. Sure. Sure. People who may have lost somebody recently. I actually know a few people who lost somebody uh, very recently. and um, Or have lost somebody around this time of year. And that always conjures up memories and feelings of sadness. Um, a lot of people experience a loss based on loss of independence. I don't know how many uh, people think about that, whether it's physical limitations, they're not able to move around as they used to, uh, they're not as mobile as they used to be. It could even be loss of independence because they're now living in some kind of care facility like an assisted living or nursing home. And um, obviously, you, you can't make independent choices the way you did when you were on your own. And then there are people who have loved ones at a distance or some who don't have anyone at all. I have a, uh, a son who's in uh, your neck of the woods, Rubina, in California. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some friends around him, but no family. Um, I often go out there at this time of year to uh, spend time with him. Um so even though I have one daughter that's about 45, 50 minutes away, I have another 
child who's a distance away. So that creates um, some ambivalence and loneliness on all of our parts. What about you? I know you have parents who live a distance away. Right, right. You know, I can talk about both aspects, you know, the sandwich generation we have. I don't know, what do we call when we have grandchildren? We have children, grandchildren, and uh, what kind of sandwich are we? And then we have parents. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, just to talk about my family, my, you know, I have one daughter who lives about an hour away, another one who lives uh, nearby, and I get to see often, I think you got to see as well, right? because my grandchildren come to my house. And today, it's a school holiday, and the grandchildren are not here. And mm. uh, I'm kind of feeling, you know, I'm, um, mixed emotions. Part of it is, oh, I have the house all to myself, right? I can go wherever I want without running into pitter-patter, right? Right. And the other <laughs> part is, you know, it's nice to have them. You know, it's it's nice to have them around. Um, it's it's the company, it's the companionship that I'm uh, that I'm referring to, uh, and that's that's important. And the vicinity, the closeness, really, really makes a difference at all ages. And the other thing that I'm finding that um, the stage of my children's development and uh, and my grandchildren. Their lives are becoming much more centered around their children and their friends. Mm. So it's it's kind of letting them go, letting them grow, and trying to schedule and fit in their schedule. Um, my second daughter turned 40 last week, so we had a dinner party for her, and uh, it was you know quite a chore to. <laughs> <laughs> to arrange everybody to be at the same place at the same time, not only because of their schedule, but because of uh, ours, especially my schedule too, because I was traveling to to my mom's 92nd birthday uh, last week as well, which, so, which you, you know, you and I went together. So that's right. at one level. Then if you like, I can talk about my parents. Yes. No, I wanted to. That was what I, I was going yeah. to break in and ask, not to be rude. But um, when you said about traveling to Canada to your mother, and I know it was her 92nd birthday, and then it was your father's birthday a few weeks ago, was it not? It was only two weeks ago. December 4, I made a trip to Canada for my father's birthday and made a, a birthday party for him with about 15 guests. And then December 19th was my mom's 92nd birthday and went there and uh, made a birthday party for her. She's in assisted living where they do uh, community birthday parties. Right. So we invited maybe 15, 20 family friends uh, in addition to the residents and staff. And it was, uh, you know, it was very nice. It was, it was very nice. And... Um, as far as uh, you know, the topic of loneliness and sadness comes, I experienced one thing unique um, that I will share. I got to my mom's and I walked up to her uh, her apartment, and she saw me. She said, "Where's your suitcase?" Hmm. <laughs> okay, and uh, and I said, "Well, you know, it's in the car." Um, she aren't you bringing it? So, you know, I'm going to stay in the hotel. And we had a conversation around that topic to where she recognized my reasons for wanting to stay there, that it's good for me and good for her. But she then became very emotional saying that, 
she was sorry that she wasn't able to provide me, you know, a home to come to or, or a more comfortable situation to come to. Uh, so that's another part of loneliness, you know, mm-hmm. whether they've grown, you know, their children come to visit and they're not always staying the nights and having breakfast with them. Right. And yeah. those are the routines that people... Uh, are used to and they long for. And that is part of the sadness or or loss, Um, having people that are close by so that you can share those familiar experiences, holidays, breakfasts, whatever it is. Uh, A few uh, weeks ago, I don't remember if um, I brought this up in one of our episodes I know it was mentioned to me in another show that I did, and I thought it was such a great idea, and I think you and I have talked about this, which is um, there was someone I, this woman had said that she has a um, an iPad, and um, her father has an iPad, he's in a nursing home facility, and uh, when it comes to holidays, because they're at a, a large distance and they can't, she can't always travel to see him. Mm-hmm. She sets up the iPad and um, has someone set up the iPad for him. They they FaceTime each other at a particular time, and they sit down and actually share dinner together. Um, they decide what the menu will be beforehand. She makes sure that he has those same food items. And it's as if they're sitting across the table from each other or as best as they can. That is wonderful. I recall you sharing that with me. And, uh, and you know, I am learning so much from you and from this whole uh, program and researching because I am looking for someone who would FaceTime with my parents when uh, uh, when that person goes to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, just because that also, I feel that that also helps to, um, to sort of make them think that I'm there and then I can maybe prolong my visit by a week longer or something. So they've had a pseudo visit with me. Mm. And, uh, you know, so this technology and the use of technology is really, really amazing. And it's it has really, you know, shrunken the distances. We just have to use it properly. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Actually, you know. one goal of mine, um, I've, I know I've spoken with you about this, is uh, is creating some kind of um, nonprofit. I actually has an, have a name for it or some kind of project under Olive Community Services where we can figure out a way to provide these opportunities and experiences for people, either through a community friend or somebody in a facility so that they can either do a FaceTime phone call on a, on a you know, regular smartphone or an iPad uh, to bring this to people who really are, don't get a chance to visit with their loved ones very often. Yes, and I think, Phyllis, that was an excellent, excellent idea, and it really shows the synergies between your efforts and Olive Community Services efforts, because we do have an Olive Friends program that we're going to be focusing on expanding this uh, this quarter. That's one of our priorities. You know, one thing at a time, right? We're exactly. We're a three-year-old organization, and you know what wonderful, wonderful things that are happening here. And, uh, you know, many of the the friends that uh, will participate in this have iPhones. So we 
we will make a request on your behalf uh, to our friends, uh, the Olive Friend visitors, that if the person they visit, they would like to talk with a family or a, you know, or a loved one, that they can use their phone, offer to use their phone. So that would be a precursor to what you're talking about. Oh, that's fantastic. Maybe we can... Um Maybe we can write it up or or um, think about a way, yeah, write it, write it up or send it into a publication or um, expand yeah. it. I mean, I, you and I can talk about that because Uh-oh. I think it, it would bring a lot of um, joy. I know, joy. I was going to say joy, but because we're talking about sadness and loneliness, no, no, it's kind uh, of the opposite <laughs> end of it. But yeah, bring some some joyful moments at least to people that are far away from loved ones. Definitely. And thank you very much for, for all the ideas and suggestions that are, that you're coming up. And uh, and we, you know, those of us here at Olive are, are very fortunate to have you as an advisory board member uh, so that we can, uh, you know, be, we can learn from your experience and, and provide better service. Oh, thanks an awful lot. But the truth is you guys are doing doing a great job because your heart is in the right place. And it's, provi- it's about providing culturally appropriate services to a diverse population. And um, I learned so much from being out there. I I don't know if you got a chance to read the little write-up that I wrote, but um, I learned so much from everyone that I met that when I came back and encountered a resident in a nursing facility that I'm working in for a short period of time, I was able to, I recognized that his name might be of a uh, different culture. I asked him, he acknowledged that it was, I greeted him appropriately, asked him about his dietary restrictions, which were not indicated anywhere. Um, So I feel like I learned so much in that short period of time. It was really wonderful that I was able to, you know, take it in and use it and, and hopefully help someone who who was in a facility that may not have had somebody understand them the same way had I not had that experience. You know, Phyllis, when I received that text message from you, it it really sent chills down my spine. I was so touched uh, because we really don't realize the impact our little actions have and how far the reach is. And you remember when I was doing my presentation at at our event, I used the book, Oh, the Places We'll Go. Absolutely. You know, so we don't know where the seeds we are laying, even in this conversation during this radio show on Voice America. And our, our listeners are international. So we don't know where we're making impact, but we would like to hear because our listeners can send us emails uh, through the host show page or to our uh, emails at uh, uh, rubina at olivecs.org. And Phyllis, go ahead with your email. Um, They can send it to phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, at voiceforeldercare.com. Great. And it's rubina, R-U-B-I-N-A, at olive. O-L-I-V-E-C-S dot O-R-G. Uh, you know, we'd love to, as we're growing and maturing in the in our program, we would love to, you know, begin the dialogue with our, with our listeners. And I think that will make our efforts uh, even stronger. Absolutely. 
I I want to just uh, mention that we're talking about sadness and loneliness around the holiday time uh, here in this country, but as you said, our listeners are international, so it really doesn't matter what holiday it is or what time of year, because these situations are they're human situations. Exactly. They're part of the human condition. So there may be many people around the world experiencing some of these same feelings. And I hope that our listeners will uh, get some benefit from this conversation. I think we're about uh, almost about ready to um, take a break. Is there anything else that you uh, want yes, to add before we bring yes, in I, our guest? I do want to share that uh, one of the requests that I've made from my mother's facility, from the care aides and from the nurses, is for them to use positive, uh, positive language, not to ask, oh she, not to say, oh she's been gone long. When is she gonna come back? But first they say, isn't it nice that she came and visited you, and she'll be here soon. So you know, take a look at the same thing, but use it positively. Make it abundance rather lack thereof. I- Great suggestion. So we're going to uh, take a short break. Uh, When we return, we're going to be speaking with Birgit Tan, who is a grieving counselor, and she also has some interesting programs for people who are sad, lonely, or grieving. Uh, So uh, listen when we return, and um, we'll further the conversation on sadness and loneliness. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Today we're talking about loneliness and sadness around the holiday time. And we have a special guest with us. Phyllis, would you please welcome our, and introduce our guest? Sure, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Rubina. So today our guest is Dr. Brigitte Tan, who's the founder of Dance Away Sadness and Move Beyond Your Grief, uh, which is a support system, um, as well as from grieving to joyful living. Um, through her work as an oncologist and while going through a multitude of grief herself, she noticed that there was a part of grief that words cannot touch. And so she uh, transformed her own misfortunes and grief into a joyful living life and uh, greatly benefited from freestyle dancing. So she founded Dance Away Sadness, Move Beyond Your Grief, and she also pursued additional education and became a certified grief recovery and life mastery coach in order to help people fully recover from their grief and transform their heartbreak and failures into triumph and thriving, joyful living. So welcome, Brigitte. We're thrilled to have you here today and to uh, give our listeners valuable information about how they can deal with their own sadness and loneliness and uh, very interested to hear about your program, uh, Dance Away Sadness, Move Beyond Your Grief. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Thank you. Thank you so much, Rubina, and thank you so much, Philip. It's such an honor to be able to be, um, to be in, in your shows today. Um, yes, absolutely. So Dance Away Sadness Move Beyond Your Grief um, is actually a grief support system. Um, as you mentioned in my bio, uh, many of us, for many of us, there is a part of grief, uh, the really deep part of grief that, that words cannot touch. And uh, the music along with the movement, and it's a freestyle movement. Uh, it's freestyle dancing. So whether you feel like jumping around to the music or in many cases, um, some people just sit and tap their feet and, and move their, um, uh, tap their fingers, um, those along with appropriate coaching and words, um, that's a lot of time I, in, in my experience and many, many people experience by now um, actually really help us touch that part of our grief that words just cannot uh, cannot touch because emotions has a lot of time a different level of vibration so to say than just wordings um, or some part of our emotion has different level of vibration than wording and the music as uh, many of us know has a different level of vibrations than wordings and 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 even writing as well and so it's each of those contributes in helping us move through and beyond our grief and uh, then so a sadness move beyond your grief um, it uh, through the sessions it help us move through our grief, touch the part of the grief that is um, that's otherwise elusive to writings and words, and help us release also release that part of grief with 
usually a lot more ease and and a lot uh, and many times uh, a little bit fun as well. So, thank you, thank you, Brigitte, for the description of your program. But I'd like to ask you to go back a little bit and uh, if you would share with us the evolution of uh, of your discovery of using music and what was your story that you led to you to fine-tune this approach or to discover or identify this approach. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, uh, and so um, what helped me discover this approach um, is, uh, first of all, with my work as a veterinary oncologist. Um, I, I've been doing that for over 16 years, and I noticed that uh, many times uh, people who they, they went through um, a support group, they have a support system, a counselor, and so forth, and they still come back, and there is still a piece of, uh, of the grief that just kind of hanging in there and doesn't want to move. And of course, there are also some people who are simply uncomfortable being in a group or even talking about their grief. Grief is an emotion and sometimes it's um, particularly grief. Um, some, many, many people actually can be a little bit uncomfortable expressing their emotions or um, actually in my own case, um, uh, the reasons I actually end up doing dance away sadness is um, in 2011, um, I experienced um, I, it's, uh, uh, it's actually, I, I started a, a journey of for the next two years, a multitude of grief. Uh, in two, within two years, I went through nine different grief events, um, started with uh, um, an abruptly ending marriage and on and on and on and on. And throughout, throughout those times, I discovered that there are times when the pain is so much that it's really difficult for me to express and then some other times when I don't even know what to say. And I hear that a lot of times with my oncology um, client as well. They just, it's just so painful and they, they don't even know what to say and they can't express that. Um, but then I, um, my own experience, I discover that the music just allow me to <laughs> be able to feel it and express it through movement without having to put it into words. And the movement and, and, the feel, and feeling it and actually expressing it through movement help it move, uh, um, move from my system step by step. And that seems to be the, uh, what people experience as well. And so when I recover from my own journey um, at the end of those two years, um, uh, I, I, I discover this benefit of um, having music and movement to, um, to touch that really deep part of grief that's, um, that's too painful, as, uh, as well as to allow people mm-hmm. who are uncomfortable talking about their grief um, to still be able to have a different venue to, um, to recover and to, uh, to move through their grief. Um, so can I and just and interject and ask mm-hmm. a question? Um, Rubina yeah. and I had actually talked about this earlier, which is um, what about people who might not be comfortable dancing or there may be religious or cultural limitations about dancing um, or, or um, expressing yourself in that way? Uh, what about people who feel that they, you know, they don't like music or it doesn't touch them? I mean, wh- how do you uh, work with people in, in that regard? 
Sure. When, uh, it, it's, uh, the dance away sadness is one of the options, uh, the way I work with people. So I also work with people through, um, through uh, coaching. Um, so in other words, if, you pre- uh, if your preference is to, uh, to do, talk about the grief um, in the support systems. I do grief support group as well as uh, a one-on-one coaching. And we, so it's whichever way uh, comfortable. Some people um, more comfortable um, writing about it instead of speaking or dancing about it. Um, they got the quiet moment at time and, and they're able to write that. And so those are most all different ways that I, I work with people. Um, you know, the dancing is one option. I, I see it as all complementary. It's, it's mm-hmm. whatever that, each of us are very unique um, and we experience grief in a very unique way. Um, no, there is no two person alike. And also, Actually, the same event you might be um, you might be experiencing the same event over and over, and each time your experience different, and right. so. Mm-hmm. Each time, it might be this time you might feel like talking about it, and the next time you might feel like exploring and expressing and moving through it through music and dancing and the next time it could be through writing and it mm-hmm. and so it is whatever in grief whatever that works for that particular person at that particular time is what um, you know we want to explore it's not what somebody else is saying that's what you you have to do uh-huh. it's um, you know it's not like you you must dance or you must go to a, a, a support group or, or something right and I have a, a, the next question um, Brigitte you said that you are a veterinary oncologist correct yes okay so has to me that's an understanding that uh, your clients are animals, right? My patients you are animals, them. and the, cli- the clients are the parents. Yeah, the clients are the parents, and the patients are uh, animals. Yes. So, have you yes. learned anything unique from working with animals that you're applying uh, in your system and in your approach? Is there anything that that you know that's special because your patients are animals uh, versus someone else? So I would say that um, one thing that I I learned from that um, is that a lot of time the unspoken, it, one thing I would say that is that the unspoken um, uh, uh, words, uh, the uh, things that's unspoken, can uh, people can feel it and animals can feel it. Um, I would say, you know, animals can feel love just as much as people. And so um, when we are, uh, when I work with uh, with animals and the parents, um, they can actually feel that. And, and the one that's even, even when they are in pain and, and when they are struggling, if our intention is to help them as much as they are grieving, then they will be able to feel that, that love, that energy of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My uh, next question is, we often talk about the word sadness and then we talk about the word grief. And you're using the word grief more than sadness. What's the difference between the two? 
So sadness is definitely one expression of grief, but uh-huh. you can be sad. Um, let's say uh, you you break your phone. <laughs> you might be uh-huh. sad that you break your phone, but uh-huh. depend on what's going on, you might not necessarily be be grieving. Mm-hmm. Over your phone. Okay. Um, on the uh, on the other hand, grief does not always express or manifest themselves as as sadness. Uh, one most common mm-hmm. expressions of grief besides sadness or um, uh, is actually anger. Um, oh. It's very common when people grieving they actually uh, feel angry. Um, it's also it, and the other thing actually is also apathy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Would you say that depression is part of that also then? If you're talking about anger and apathy, would depression also be a, uh, let's um, say, manifestation of grief? Yes, definitely. It can be a manifestation of grief. So would you say that, let's say, I'm thinking, um, just thinking out loud that that's, that sadness is more like an emotion, like a temporary situation, and grief is, is more of an intense feeling that lasts over a longer period of time. It, would that be a correct way to describe it? Yeah, sadness could be a, a, a wave. All our emotions are, are like waves. They comes and goes and comes and goes. And the sadness could be one of the waves of our emotions. It's a, uh, we feel sad at this moment. And when we are grieving, sadness could be one of the ways that, that we are grieving. Like you said, it's a deeper thing. Grief is usually happen from something impactful. Mm-hmm. We could look at uh, something can happen and we might be, oh, I'm sad about that. Oh, I'm sad that I, I, um, I dropped my, uh, you know, the, the, the last piece of the, the, the cake that I just make. But mm-hmm. grief is something usually a lot more in, impactful and happen from an uh, experience that impacting us. Um, now, it could be caused by multiple different reasons. It could be from a loss of someone, um, whether through somebody passing away, a divorce, or even a loss of routine. Um, as you um, mentioned earlier, um, people, who, uh, when they lost, whether their physical or mental ability or their loved one lost their physical or, or mental ability, all of those can cause grief. Any change in our routine can cause grief. So uh, as you alluded to that, that, I had, uh, that we had talked about people who, uh, let's say, may have a loved one who's still alive, still with them, but cognitively they may not be able to enjoy them or experiencing them the same way, especially around holiday times, which is so much about tradition and enjoying family. What, uh, what would you... What advice would you give to people who were in that situation? So a couple of things that can help um, when we are in those situations where um, our loved one might uh, is, is there physically but not mentally and emotionally. Um, and the, the first thing is if you, uh, if you notice that you are grieving uh, for that reason, um, the first thing actually is to know that it is normal and not to feel bad about it. It's very normal to to miss 
uh, what's no longer there. And so to, we want to acknowledge that, um, the, that we are grieving and allow ourselves to feel the grief instead of trying to push it away, to deny it or to run away from that. And so we want to honor our feeling, to be kind. I, I always say to be kind to ourselves and to, to be kind to our feeling. And we want to try, uh, to move through it and through the, uh, through the holiday season um, in the way that feels best for you, for you. Um, because a lot of time with the holiday season, people might say, hey, you better be happy. It's a jolly time and this and that. And if that's not feeling right to your heart, then we want to l- allow ourselves to listen to our heart because I, uh, deep inside, all of, all of us knows what's best for us. And right. so if, um, if we feel like it's more suitable this 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 year to celebrate the holiday in a, a more laid back and mellow way versus throwing a big party. Then we want to do that. Um, be so really be kind and and feel uh, and do what feels best for for us. Everybody's different. At moment to moment, we're all different. It's um, I, I always say it, we are all like our fingerprints. Um, everybody has different fingerprints, and if you look at your fingers, um. Each of your finger has actually slightly different fingerprint, and it's such a great analogy for me um, that each of us is unique, and not only each of us is unique, moment to moment, our feeling and our experience is unique. So what works for you yesterday might not work for you tomorrow, and that's okay, and just honor the feeling and the, and the grief and what feels best for you and, and do that, and so that's one thing. The other thing is uh, to be kind to, to yourself in the, and take breaks if you need to, to um, uh, take breaks uh, if it is uh, situations you are in let's say you are in a gathering and you feel um, overwhelmed by the feeling then step away and take a quick break um, make sure that we have plenty of self-care uh, instead of pushing ourselves when we are um, grieving and when we are sad um, and then the other things is to um, also to be able to um, cherish to cherish what we have now, things are different. Things are different from moment to moment, but we can, we can mm-hmm. focus on what's not there or we can focus on what's, um, what's still here. Um, I, I have uh, actually a, a client who, um, whose parents uh, become become disabled uh, physically and mentally. And so they, uh, that year they choose that their, their focus going to decorate their, the, the, the wheelchair that the, the, the person is mm. now bound to, as well as, as um, their memory slipping. They remember things from the past and they, they created story time. And oh, so that's a wonderful a thing. New story. You know, yeah, so they, I don't want to cut you off, but we, but we really are, we're kind of out of time. So if you yeah. could, because this has been so valuable, can you just uh, give the listeners a way that they could get in touch with you or reach you or get more information about your programs or the information that you offer so that they could take advantage of, um, you know, the valuable services that you have available? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, there is a few ways to reach me. Um, you can call me. Uh, the number is 
805-864-2002. So that's one way, 805-864-2002. You can go to my website, from com, And at fromgrievingtojoyfulliving.com, you can contact me that way as well. You can also um, email me directly at support at Birgit. Com, and that's Birgit is B-I-R-G as in George, I-T as in Tom, T as in Tom, E, and then Pen is T as in Tom, A-N.com. So support at BirgitPen.com. So those are a few different ways that you can, um, you can reach me. Well, this has just been terrific. Thanks so much. And um, Rabina and I will return in a few moments when we will continue the conversation about sadness and loneliness around the holidays and give some valuable tips to our listeners. So um, thanks again, Brigitte Tan and Rabina. You and I will be back in a few on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Heyman, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back. This is Rubina Chaudhry with uh, Phyllis Amen. Phyllis, let's talk about some of the research that we did and some of the things that we know that we can easily, anyone can easily do. 
And one of the sites that I found as I was Googling for loneliness in elders around the holidays is uh, agingcare.com. And there's a very nice article that our listeners can uh, uh, can look up and read. And it's called Tips for Reducing Loneliness in Elders Around the Holidays. And it's written by Carol Bradley Bursack. So that's an excellent service. And I was quite impressed with the, ser- with the offerings from that site, Phyllis, that I signed up for their email newsletter. And I'm hoping that we will learn more from them and be able to share it with our as with our listeners. Absolutely. So, so, what are some of the nuggets that we can share with our with our listeners about managing loneliness? I think that's really the best we can say over the holidays. Absolutely. So, uh, I actually even wrote a blog article about this, and you and I have been talking about having a show about this for several weeks. Yes. And uh, it just so happened that uh, we were finally able to put it together today. So, one of the uh, first things it mentions is that making a point of actively listening when a person, your loved one, a family friend uh, who's feeling down or sad or lonely at this time of year so that they have an opportunity to uh, convey their feelings to someone, uh, that's always important. I bet as a speech pathologist, I'm always engaging in active listening, and I find how valuable that is. Uh, just the other day, just as a, a little aside, I was working with someone, and if somebody looked at her, they probably wouldn't think that she'd be thinking what she said to me, which is, what can I do to work? Oh, and it 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 was so revealing that everybody needs purpose. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be doing something that they feel lends some value. And mm-hmm. this woman was obviously feeling that she had lost that. So we're talking mm-hmm. about loss, and you can see the the look on her face was very sad. And she was in she's been in this uh, skilled nursing facility for quite some time. But I developed a little connection with her because I'm working with her around eating, and you start mm-hmm. to talk with people. And um, so that's so she? important. She's uh, I think she's 86. I mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. So it's so important for people to be able to express their feelings, their emotions, and um, I thought, gee, I'll speak to somebody in activities or recreation or social work, and maybe we can come up with something that she that she can do that would make her feel happier because she has a sense of purpose or contribution in some way. Even as, as simple as helping set the table. Correct. You know, and that being involved, being purpose, purposeful is really, really so, uh, so important. And I'll, it reminds me of... In preparing for Olive Vision Luncheon, I worked hard to synthesize what's my personal in, you know, mission in being involved with Olive and with you and with elder care. And, and I don't know if I shared this with you, but I think it's it's really to empower each elder to live an active and purposeful life. I think purpose is so very important. Activity is important, but I think purpose is even more important. I agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the other things that uh, that uh, we can do is invite their friends, correct, to come and visit with them. That's if they are in uh, in nursing facilities and uh, of the like. 
But one thing that I learned um, from my visit with my mom and even from this activities of the last few days is to slow down. You know, there's so much rush, rush, rush in the holidays. Travel is rushed. Shopping is rushed. Uh, preparing for this, preparing for that. Uh, but just taking that moment to slow down. And and I was very aware of that this time. And when I first and went to see my mom, the first afternoon, she wanted to do an outing, but I talked her out, out of it. And we spent good four or five hours just visiting, just making her list. And I consciously made it slow down. And it had such a profound impact on on my time with her and uh, and her you know disposition the the next day at the party and all i think that's a great great advice the article does mention also about slowing down but uh you were aware of that just intuitively. So I would say that people should take the signals from the situation as well. Uh, Be mindful, be present in the moment. Like you say, we're always rushing or thinking what else we have to do. I think something else that's really important is to let people know how much they mean to you Mm -hmm. and how much, um, how much, uh, value and wisdom that they have that you value that your relationship with them uh, mm-hmm. lends to that uh, and also for younger generations the the uh, olive community service program the the panel that I moderated on multi-generational perspectives obviously speaks to this and uh, you had asked me about a recommendation for your next grandparents, um, right? Grandparents' Day, and I suggested uh, creating a memory or legacy book. Uh, this would be a great time to either begin one or to have completed one, especially at, towards the end of the year, to talk about what the person liked, what their what their interests were, what was happening in history during their lifetime, and then share that with younger people. It has so much value. And I was saying that, um, you know, my father died when I was a teenager. My mother died uh, later on when I was adult, an adult. But um, it's only with the passage of time and wisdom of my years that I realize how much it would have meant to both of my parents to know the value of what they passed on to me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really amazing. And uh, to share with you, our uh, program coordinator was very creative. She had all of us Olive participants, I think maybe six or eight months ago, have a little diary where she would send us a weekly message saying, you know, uh, write something, write this, you know, the prompts. And even that was difficult. So how, you know, that's one of the hardest things to do. But I can see how valuable it will be. It, it's hard for me to, to make the time to do that. Right. Uh, also, I had mentioned to you about, and this is a great time of year for that, for this, Sharing recipes. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. I have very few recipes for the favorite dishes my mother used to make. Mm -hmm. I've searched and found a few recipes for the ones I don't have, but they don't quite hit the mark for how I remember them. You know, what was that special ingredient, maybe a secret ingredient, I don't know if my mother would have even told me, that made it so delicious (laughs) to me. 
And so this is another thing that would be a great thing to pass on and for people to share their favorite recipes and um, even to know that they shared a recipe. I mean, my son asks me for recipes in California and then he'll send me a picture of something he made or he'll tell me it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that means so much to a person to know that their value, they extended their value to someone else in their family or friend. That's very, very true, Phyllis, because my granddaughter, uh, who's now nine, I think about a year and a half when she was seven, she had a conversation with her mom where she was asking what uh, her mom ate for breakfast and then what grandma ate for breakfast. And she she very affectionately said, you know, I want to preserve the traditions. I want to learn to cook the things that grandma used to cook. And that made me change my family Sunday meal from takeout to cooking something simple at home. And I've been successful all minus one time. So so there's so much value to sharing what our history has been in all different ways. Absolutely. Another way that the article talks about is that if a senior is in a long-term care facility, to check and see if there are any local schools or extracurricular programs that they can arrange for children to either visit and perform for the residents or to to visit the residents. Uh, this goes back to the multi-generational perspectives and for our younger people to start to really understand the value, the wisdom, um, and develop the respect that they should have for our elder citizens. Definitely. And the, the last item we'd share is that if uh, your elder is used to receiving mail and sending mail, let's say Christmas cards or holiday cards, then uh, please consider helping them, helping them receive them, read them, as well as, uh, you know, uh, understand them. Okay, so that sounds great. I hope this was valuable for our listeners. And until next time, this is Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And hope everybody um, enjoys a, a um, wonderful holiday, holiday season. season. Wonderful, wonderful holidays to everybody. Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. <laughs>